Welcome to Triumph and Disaster, a show dedicated to manly creativity and culture. Brought to you by your host, Cameron McHarg. Hey guys, it's Cameron McHarg, and this week's episode of Triumph and Disaster is brought to you by TornbergPhotography.com. So TornbergPhotography.com or TornbergHeadshots.com. You could check out either one. And uh, just to mention Triumph and Disaster, you get 10% off. So just so you know a little bit about her, Maria Thornburg was an international model and uh, actress who started when she was 15 years old, and she became a photographer herself and uh, became one of the most sought-after headshot photographers in Los Angeles for actors. And then in recent years, things you know got a little bit different, obviously. So you're pretty much doesn't matter who you are or what you do, you need a good shot, whether it's for your social media, for your, for your dating site, whether it's uh, if you're a real estate agent or a lawyer or whatever. She's had real estate agencies and, and startup companies um, hire her to do all their employee photos, for example. And um, she's been doing a lot of social media photos and uh, for people's for people's Tinder accounts even. She does it all. So TornbergPhotography.com, TornbergHeadshots.com. Just call her, email her, mention Triumph and Disaster, and she'll make sure to get you 10% off and take care of you. Okay, so continuing this week with uh, our shout-outs, which is what, something I'd like to continue doing. Um, so if you give if you give any kind of a donation, if you go to Triumph and Disaster blog, there are PayPal buttons on uh, every blog. And if you donate or if you go to uh, iTunes and leave a quick rating and review, and uh, if you don't say you're anonymous, I would be happy to shout your names out. So this week, I don't have real names again. I have internet handles. So just give me your real names next time, you guys. Um, you can email me at triumphanddisasterblog at gmail.com if, uh, if I don't get it right or if I don't get your name or uh, if you have anything else you want to tell me, I'll make sure to get back to you. But... Just want to thank Amanda Newt, C1 DeLeon, and filmmaker Adam this week for uh, leaving reviews and uh, leaving donations. Thanks, you guys. You guys really kind of keep the show going, and uh, I really appreciate it. So this week, Eric Curtis, fucking amazing photographer. He does something like I've never seen anybody do before. He's kind of, I don't want to like pigeonhole him or label it, but it's sort of like this um, crazy surreal comedy storytelling with like a touch of melancholy. Uh, you, you have to see his stuff. If you go to triumphanddisasterblog.com, I'll, I'll put uh, links and examples. And uh, make sure to follow on Instagram. His Instagram is really, really cool. Um, he uh, he authored uh, the photos and books called Fallen Superheroes, which is really funny. And another one with Doug Jones, a former guest, called Mime Very Own Book. Mime like Marcel Marceau, M-I-M-E, Mime Very Own Book. That was actually co-authored, both of those, by uh, another friend of mine, Scott Allen Perry, who I hope to get on the show. So, Scott, another call out to you, man. Um, so, yeah, uh, Eric Curtis, amazing guy, amazing photographer, amazing artist. Hope you enjoy the show. Triumph and Disaster. I've been a fan of yours for a long time, and we've been talking for a little while for to, to do this, and we actually literally met about five minutes ago. <laughs> totally, right? <laughs> so we're just going to take it from here. But um, And I'm sure you know I'll do a little intro and, and talk about you a little bit. And um, and on the blog, it's triumphanddisasterblog.com. Uh, I'm going to put a bunch of your stuff up. But I think, dude, you have – first of all, I'm a huge fan of your Thank stuff. you. Thank and you. I didn't even – yeah, no, from afar, yeah. right? There's uh-huh. probably, I'm sure there are others, but you, you have, I, you know, it's interesting. I think every when I'm, I'm looking at one of your things right now from the fallen superheroes, so everybody's going to see examples of this, but um, you, I think you've kind of created a, a genre, a photo genre, dude. It's like, it's sort of like comedy photography in a way. 
but it's so fucking there's it's so um cinematic and and rich and deep and beautiful it's really a, it's super eye candy when you guys see when you guys see example yeah you know, is it what, what's your website called my website is uh, eric curtis photo.com that's e-r-i-c-c-u-r-t-i-s-p-h-o-t-o.com so you'll be able to see everything you only see like oh mine i'll probably have like i don't know half a dozen things or something but yeah. you see everything and i there. switch out the images time to time and oh you do you kind of curate add stuff it? get rid of stuff and you know that's pretty cool yeah different but I don't think I've ever seen anybody do anything like you before. And it, that's, I don't know how else to describe it, but that, I guess, I mean, what do you think about that? Well, uh, I, there's a technique called overpowering daylight. Yeah. And that's what this photo technique is, is it's basically having photo strobe lights that are far more powerful than the sunlight uh-huh. for, you know, one flash, one, one thousandth of a second. Super quick. And so you can basically create worlds that you would unable to do with just available light or even like some film lights because they're just simply not powerful not enough for one frame of imagery, uh-huh. you know. And so basically, I can make a day look like dusk or night by just severely underexposing the background, right. compensating the subject in the foreground with these strobes, and it kind of gives a uh, purposefully surreal. Yeah, very surreal. And. Um, it almost looks like people think that you have superimposed or comped in the subjects and, that, and everything's photoshopped, which is a compliment. Yeah, it because does. it's not. It's 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 uh, practical photography. Uh, the clouds aren't fake and and such. And um, it, my favorite thing, the only thing that's not necessarily very real, is I do do a lot of color correction. So I like skies to be teal and uh-huh. instead of just sky blue and whatnot. But I do alter color. To some degree, not like um, overwhelmingly. So it looks like we're on Earth. Sort of. You know? Yeah. In so a car- cartoony <laughs> yeah, almost. Yeah, yeah. We're looking at an example of uh, the fallen superheroes. And it's like a background with like an old CD motel from like the 50s or something. And it almost looks. See, the, I love this so much, man. It looks like this looks the background looks like a vintage photo. And then you got this. Is that Scott Perry, by the way? That is Scott Allen Perry. Scott Allen Perry. What's that superhero called right there? He's like in so a purple So he's uh, Scott Allen Perry who never, ever gets enough credit for his major contribution. I would say his contribution, uh, uh, like to mine, is 50-50. There's, uh, we did, um, in a lot of ways, he did more work because he's um, super talented in coming up with costume ideas. So me and him would sit there over a bottle of whiskey and uh-huh. hash out and argue <laughs> over... Um, all right, so our battery actually died. We caught it right after he said shooting lasers. So we're back. So you're, you're talking about how you and uh, Scott? Yeah. So we, me and Scott, we uh, we can talk about a little bit later how we came or how we found subjects to be part of the fallen superheroes. But once we found a uh, a subject to be one of the fallen superheroes, then we had to like figure out, uh, like I said, the attributes. Can he shoot lasers? Can he fly? Um, invincibility turn into water whatnot but then there's also flaws obviously with each superhero mostly probably yeah (laughs) because it's kind of like a slightly like a metaphor to la and and acting it's like some people might um you know be very beautiful uh like as uh but then also have um some sort of really bad rash when they get nervous which makes it so that they can't do auditions or battered like wife syndrome alcoholism or, or, or some sort oh, of flaw so that things, is yeah. that is like holding them back from from greatness and, and only a couple of superheroes 
you know, Superman, Iron Man, Aquaman, Wonder Woman and such reach that high Actually level. Get past there. There's a lot of people trying. Some people gain or almost there, but or they were there briefly the people, and fall. Yeah, there's are people who were there or were never there, but their attempts to get there is the story that we told, basically. And these are really funny. And I, I can actually see, you know, I was going to say, I was I can actually see um, Scott's influence. He's a mutual friend of ours. Actually, you know what? I talked about him with uh, Doug Jones. We're mutual friends as well. And Doug Jones, you did a book with him. Yes, me and Scott can, actually did a book with Doug Jones. So we'll get into that in very just a minute. Book, yeah. But uh, I think it's inevitable. Hey, uh, Perry, we're going to have to do this show, apparently. Yeah, he can, We've been he, sort of estranged comes, he, for he, a long time, and we need, to, we need to get back together and do this. Yeah, he comes in. He, he lives in New Orleans, and he comes in, and when he does, him and his brother, the Ponce Man, stay at my house. Oh, he does? Yeah, so. He's uh, doing pretty well in uh, Louisiana, though, right? He's acting a lot and stuff. Yeah, over there. directing, and um, yeah, I've shot, uh, I shot a project with him. He did a, a TV show pilot for, like, it was for Hulu. I believe uh, it was a grocery store comedy, and we'll see if that huh. gets off the air. But uh, no, Scott has a very unique brand of of comedy. Yeah, very distinctive, absolutely, very deliberate. He's a really, in a, in a really, really intelligent guy. Actually, you know what? We're talking so much about him. He's not here, but I'm gonna. If, I don't know if he has a website or whatever, but he's all over your books. And I'm gonna, he, he, I'm gonna he go ahead and put that up. ScottAllenPerry.com okay. or thesap.com. <laughs> I'll um, put those up on this on your post. Yeah, here, so for sure. For look sure. at that. So. I can see I can see his influence all over all over these things. These are so fucking funny. And so what are some of the characters we're looking at? Well, so like Scott, for example, we decided to call him Vagabond. He just he's a traveler uh, throughout the country. And one of the reasons why he was Vagabond is because we did fallen superheroes together by and large. I mean, some of them he was not in town for and I shot him here in L.A. But Mm -hmm. we shot um, a lot of them in California. But I wanted the book to look like. It wasn't just shot in California. So okay. we shot, I wanted it to look like America. So we shot in uh, New Mexico, where I'm from. We shot a lot in Texas. Uh, we shot probably 40, 50% of the entire book uh, in Louisiana. And I okay. love Louisiana's aesthetic for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Sort of the white trash, backwoods kind of element. Yeah. And we also shot in Florida and we shot in uh, Illinois. So we shot in a lot of states. And he was with me the whole way. A lot of it was sort of road trip style with a bunch of equipment and you know, photo equipment and whatnot. But the like the genesis of the costumes, Scott was so integral along with his mother. His mother, uh, Connie, who is a professional costumer and she specializes right. in like romance novel, covers, romance right? novel, period piece type, yeah. and also um, you know for all the different festivals that happen in New Orleans. Like you know, there's Jazz Fest, Mardi Gras, and she makes these overwhelmingly elaborate and beautiful dresses and such and so we basically i commissioned her to uh create a lot of uh the costumes and she has a treasure trove of props and fabrics and little jewels and oddities and such and then we also ordered a lot of stuff from china like weird goggles and we (laughs) ordered a sex suit from japan and that sort of thing (laughs) that's amazing that i mean because that's a huge part of i mean these costumes are so when you guys have to look at this site, they're so elaborate. I mean, it's a huge part of it. So that was that's amazing that you had that. They had her as an ally on your side there, because yeah. this is like you're talking about. This is like producing a movie, pretty much. You know, this is a big project that you guys did. Yeah, we, uh, uh, I got the deal through a publishing company out in Chicago, Medallion Press, and we, we had a great, we like pitch to them, and then they. 
uh, first before the you did it? The genesis of the project is, is a long story, kind of boring, but but essentially I shot a lot of their nonfiction book covers. Okay. So they do sort of self-help books or I cured, can- you know, I survived cancer type books. And I would go and photograph, uh, you know, like the cover and the inside fold photo for their books. And then I kind of became friends with uh, uh, Adam Mock, who's a co-writer of um, the book. Uh, who's amazing and hilarious and, and bizarre in his own right. <laughs> and we became friends. And I just, me and Scott had shot a fallen superhero. Uh, just me and him, we did this character called Viking Hawk. And Viking Hawk's, you know, basically he, his, you know, he had problems because he didn't know if he was going to be Hawk Viking or Viking Hawk. And he was always <laughs> indecisive. And he also couldn't fly without making a double chin. He had to put his chin down. And so he was like very self-conscious. <laughs> flying in to to save people with a double chin and and you know so we did this sort of fictitious thing where he's like picking gum off his shoe on the side of the road because you never see superheroes doing mundane things uh-huh. uh, staring at the window yelling at a kid at the yard or taking gum off their shoe or taking a piss and that right. sort of thing so i had just talked to adam mock in passing showed him that photo said it would be an interesting book to make and he goes yeah it would it would and then i forgot that i'd even pitched it essentially mm-hmm. and then several months later he just texted me and asked if i wanted to do the book so i said of course and so you know we discussed the, like the terms of the book and whatnot but part of the terms was that we do it in two years and um a and and there was a maximum uh, i forget the exact page count but we had to do a maximum page count of like 100 pages no more than 300 pages okay and so I was like super nervous just to get the the hundred pages. I was like nervous. You had to get at least what, like at least fifty characters or so. Well, so we ended up doing twenty six superheroes, okay. uh, each one having six, seven, eight shots, depending on how interesting or how many cool photos we had, um, which far exceeded my goal of just getting maybe uh, I don't even know like ten superheroes or something. Okay. So the, for the first several months i spun my wheels trying to figure out how to get it off the ground who to, who to photograph uh, you know how to get the costumes made and then scott perry really helped me kick it into high gear because he's like if you know the guy which a lot of people kind of do oddly enough like he's the kind of guy who could drink a half a fifth of whiskey and feel great at 7 a.m and get up and keep charging on where I'm hung over uh, yeah. sludging about. <laughs> I, and, uh, have, I have done almost exactly that and seen that. So yeah. Yeah. I've and so that. he's just like, let's go, let's go march on, blah, 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 blah. And, and he's just always on the phone talking to people. I know this person. And he just, he just produces like to know he's got energy to, to, to yeah. no end. Yeah. And so like he was a huge part of this project. So, so did you, did you guys know where you were going when you're going to all these states and places? Did you just drive around and look for things? Did you sort of actually have some sort of a, a location scout of some kind? Well, what we would do is, I mean, I and you cast a, people in different states, like yeah, we would drive. Uh, like if um, one of my favorite characters um, is Manorexic in the book. <laughs> I'll fast forward the okay. Uh, Manorexic. Um, this is Doug Jones, and oh, there's yeah. Manorexic. Manorexic is a man who. In real life is wow, um, six shot. foot eleven uh-huh. and hundred and ninety pounds. I outweigh the guy and I'm six foot. He's like I think I'm one hundred and ninety. Yeah, he's free I'm two hundred like, and some uh, two hundred and ten fifteen and I and I'm six foot, he's six foot eleven, one ninety. He's freakishly tall and skinny and So is Doug Jones. So is Doug Jones. Doug Jones is 
freakish in other wonderful ways as well. Yeah, absolutely. His ability to the best ways to move his body and and contort and um, yeah, he's 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 amazing. We Very were in, we were in a, we were in a we were in Louisiana, a small town at a bar, and Scott's like, I have, a, yeah, I have some friends coming over because Scott grew up in Louisiana. In walks Manorexic. I'm like, who the hell is this freak? I mean, literally freak of nature. We had already had a costume made that I had in my uh, in my truck um, for somebody else, and we had him put it on. And the way he looked in it, it was just he, he it, like it, it like just came alive. He's very elastic looking, mm-hmm. very superhero esque in, in a very comical way. And mm-hmm. I was, somehow he kind of turned in in a lot of ways to being like the hero of the book. Because he is just such a super, he's just so freaky looking and also a superhero. These guys look like fucking like Pixar characters or something. Yeah. Um, mm. But we found, when we found him, then we find, uh, we create the story around him and also what we have access to. So we can't say, okay, I want to have him getting onto a Learjet at LAX because <laughs> we just can't acquire that location. So yeah. we basically had to find locations that were cinematically beautiful or interesting in some way it doesn't have to be beautiful uh in sort of a like a nature naturalistic way it could be like just white trash mobile home yeah be beautiful with the right light coming through the trees right. or even like like that last shot with the old motel or whatever i, I yeah. actually love that yeah i love story. it i love the aesthetic of american vintage white well, there's trash. an instant story in it you know yeah you know and so we basically we would drive around for hours looking at locations finding out a can we gain access to it can we steal it? Um, what time of day does the sun look good? That sort of thing. And we developed the story around our options, not based on, like we didn't come up with a preconceived story and then, and then find locations okay. afterwards. We basically developed a story on the way. We're like, one of the superheroes, he, he works on monster trucks. So we're like, okay, we have this other character. She can own a monster truck. So we were just taking, we were, we were uh, using what was given to us uh-huh. and what we had access to, to create this, f- these fictitious stories that were hopefully funny and also sad at the same time. There's an yeah. infinite sadness. A little melancholy to it. Yeah, yeah. There's uh there's a little bit of shame and disappointment, hopefully. In laced lot, throughout. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. I could see that, which I love. Yeah. So, love. so we basically, uh, you know, we you know we found some very bizarre locations. We found a location um, of a motorcycle gang that was a white supremacist Aryan gang. Um, that was it we, a hangout or something? Or yeah, it was like this guy's house. We didn't realize af- until afterwards that because he said, "Oh yeah, you guys can use." You know, my mobile home is a location. We went and saw it, and then I looked. And a bunch at his, of his friends show up. And a bunch saying? of his friends showed up on these Harleys, and they had this war on the back of their jackets that was white Aryan resistance. Holy shit. And I realized real quick, A, I was thankful that I was white, but B, (laughs) I was like, this can get a little hairy because they were inside and they were getting high. Oh boy. And then I started thinking, oh, they might get too high, you know, think that we're from LA and that we're gay or something. Yeah, right, right, right. So we're kind of like wrapping it up. We're like, okay, we got the shot. Let's go. Thanks, guys. Holy shit. Like in the backwoods of Louisiana. Wow. That's crazy. So, Did you, I'm curious, um, like how long it would take when you just said like you had to wrap it up and do it. Like what you, you, you use a, some sort of a big super fast flash. Yeah. 
Is it a lot of gear and shit that you have to set up, or is it just like one it's, big thing? No, it's a lot of no, gear. A lot of reflectors and stuff and whatever else? It's not reflectors. There are these, um, people know photography, it's just a, um, a studio strobe light, but uh, they need to be very powerful, and they also need to be mobile, so they're battery-powered. So right. we have the packs. Uh, once a battery dies, you slip out an old battery, slip in a new one and keep going, and you charge the old batteries. Yeah. So we had, um, so, now, now I have more, but we would use probably four, 500 pounds worth of equipment for each shot. And also what is it besides set the up light, though? Just, and set up multiple lights, sometimes oh, okay. six, seven lights. And they're all uh, timed to be uh, simultaneous. Yeah. They, they all sync together. So when you fire the shutter of the camera well, within one thousandth of a second, they all trigger at the exact same time. So that's how you'll see and like it, it's trees all timed in the background together. lit up a certain way. Yeah. Okay. Cause my, you know, my other question about that would be like, didn't you, uh, did you go to film school? I did. I didn't do cinematography, cinematography as well. Yeah. yeah. Was yeah. It, what is it? SC or? I went to AFI. The AFI. American AFI. Film okay. Studio. AFI. Um, because of the way that you like this. And I, I remember, I remember that. And I, and I couldn't, I never knew, really knew how you did this. I knew that obviously there was some kind of a flash, you know, the way mm-hmm. that it looks, but, but I, I just, I always thought, fuck man, if this guy could shoot, and make it look like this, you would be like the most in demand motherfucker in commercials, I think, in the planet, and like by tomorrow, and yeah, yeah. and then and then more. But I mean, definitely in that area, you know. Well, I, you know what I uh, I do do cinematography. I do it commercially. And, yeah, you do. I was and and, you and a lot of the stuff I do, I'm just not so proud of, just because the commercials cheesy or whatever. But it, <laughs> we have a. To do that look, what I'm talking about, the overpowering daylight, mm-hmm. um, it's very expensive to do if you did it motion picture wise, because you'd have yeah, to have pretty difficult. 10 ton trucks and a lot of 18K HMI, these big lights coming off the trucks and generators and crew, very expensive endeavor. Whereas in still photography, the lights only have to be really powerful for one one thousandth of a second. Right. And so it's just me and a couple guys setting up some lights and we can create this world that that to create that same exact lighting setup would be an immense endeavor. And but it's possible to replicate it in a lot of cases. It's possible to some degree. There's yeah. um, I've talked about it a lot. And as a matter of fact, there's a couple of uh, video shoots where I've done the, uh, that technique. The thing is, is that the actors would have a, they have a hard time acting in front of light that powerful because sure. for it to be more powerful than the sun by. Um, let's say times three, uh, you have a <laughs> yeah. hard time having your eyes open. Sure. You have to wear sunglasses for the most part, or you step into the shot, you do a dance, or you do whatever you're doing and then step out because you just you're, you just can't take that level of brightness and heat. You know, it's a lot of heat. Yeah, yeah. And so it works well for music videos. I actually see it a fair amount in music videos and such, but to do it on a narrative, uh, like, a, like in a film or something, the only way you can really do it is um, to to have that sort of style on a on an interior shot you can do mm-hmm. it with a like a you know like a day interior mm-hmm. and that sort of thing like the one where we don't have it up right now but is where's the one with the with the real heavy uh guy in the red outfit i think he has a beard yeah my one, well is the, he on the cover yeah the cover of the book yeah he's um is uh a guy who i love um and his character is fast food. <laughs> That's, FF, him. That's FF. such a cool shot, man. So you're talking, I'm talking about like something like that. You could, that you could do yeah. like in a, well, like a commercial, for example. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can totally do that look. Yeah. Uh, it's not a look that you could do with a, like, a, like a small van full of lights. You'd need 
uh, like I said, some pretty powerful lights and such, even to create this look motion picture wise. It's like stuff. Outside. It's not like an airy. It's not like a little airy light kit of a thousand watt. You'd need some pretty powerful lights and such. Do you want to describe this shot? Since we, I mean, we're looking at it. But I'll so, put it up. Definitely. Yeah. So if you put up on your blog, well. it's fast food, and it's actually in real life. It's in his actual office. It has um, an FF. On his <laughs> yeah, FF for fast food. And, and that's um, his office in real life. Okay. Yeah, and he's. Uh, He's incredible. So we built this costume for a, a different fellow who mm-hmm. uh, we were supposed to shoot on like a Wednesday, let's say. We had set everything up, made arrangements and, and everything, and then he just didn't show up. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't answer his phone, went straight to voicemail. So we called a friend of a friend. He had told us that he was going to go to court for a DUI on a, uh, like the day before. Well, what happened was is he was found guilty, and it was uh, he's had multiple in the past. So oh, no. he was sentenced to either jail or prison. He was sent up north in a bus. So you know we you know like we couldn't shoot him. So we had this costume in our back pocket for a long time. Um, and then um, Scott Perry, Scott Allen Perry, mm-hmm. and his brother Ponce have a you know a YouTube following, a fan base, and pretty big, this, I think. Yeah, right? big one. Ponce have, is kind of a star. Isn't yeah, it? I mean, they have uh, literally. I mean, as of a couple years ago, they had 120 million hits on YouTube. So Holy crap! I didn't know it was that. Yeah. Big. So uh, the totality of their videos, each one having a couple million and whatnot, they had a following and such. And so this guy. Uh, uh, hit up Scott and asked if he could come over because he was in town and if Scott and Ponce could sign a headshot. And Scott's like, sure, come on over. <laughs> and in walks fast food. This guy named Matt Eisen is a really awesome dude. Yeah. And I was like, Scott, that's him. That's the new, that's <laughs> the new, food. that's the new fast food. He's way, <laughs> way, way better than the old guy. And, um, you know, it's kind of insulting to ask a heavy set man if he wants to, make fun of himself because and put on a on a skin tight suit and be fast food uh-huh. so after getting to know him a little bit he we realized that he'd be totally down for it and he was like of course it'd be my honor blah blah blah. he ended up being a treasure trove of great locations ideas yeah. and such he lives in a town called lake charles which is on the way from houston into new orleans and um we ended up staying with him for a couple of days in his in his mobile home and we, we also shot in there and I had asked him I said do you have any like sort of like old school kind of um run down locations that would work well in in my book blah 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 and he goes no I everything I have is very upstanding and nice <laughs> so I go well let's go check it anyways and we go to his uh, place of work and he has a um it's like a, a like big auto body shop, like mechanic shop where they make monster trucks. And wow. That's perfect. These big ass monster trucks, like the real deal ones. And that's his business. Yeah. And they modify trucks and they, they even have a monster Cadillac. It's amazing. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and, um, picture of that. Anyway, I do, I, I do in the book. Yeah. And, okay. Uh, but, um, <laughs> Anyway, I go, this is incredible. I mean, wood paneling, deer heads, Confederate flag, uh, a coffee mug that says Big Boss. Yeah, see that. Yeah, you got to put this wood up. Wood panel. Yeah. Yeah, flag. Two, so, couple deer heads. Yeah, so we... Um, what is that, like a mayonnaise jar <laughs> full of change or something? We didn't really modify hardly, it's uh, just hardly anything there. in there. Yeah. And he's got like a bandolier full of beer cans, I think. Is that what that is? Those are actually Diet Cokes. They're Diet Cokes. Everyone oh. thinks it's beer. But it's you know. Oh, it's like so he's he's making his comeback. Is that what the deal is? Well, you know, in our in our fictitious world, is is that he um, he's heavy set, but he's so fast mm-hmm. that he basically skids past uh, where he's trying to land in danger. 
Um, <laughs> and, and he, you know, the deception is is that he's 450 pounds, 500 pounds, yeah. but he can he moves at the speed of light and actually zips past. He has to, he hasn't honed his skills as much. Okay. All but right. um, so the, we also have we did a shot of him outside of a stadium where he, he locked his keys in the car oh and it's like a sort of it's a really sad sort of. Vibe. Well, he has um, that melancholy kind of vibe mm-hmm. in, the, in that co- cover shot too. But yeah, this is obviously another. You really do you capture funny and and sad really well on the same sort of paradox. The photo uh, um, we did a photo which I need to add to my website ASAP. Um, is of him in his in his kitchen, and so in our book he basically loves heavy metal, which is true in real life, and mm-hmm. also he enterprise his job he enterprises uh, by um, infusing uh, vodka into tampons and selling them at the high schools at the football games. That's his. That's how he moonlights. That's how he makes money. Yeah, he moonlights selling yeah. those little baggies. He slings okay. baggies of uh, which they then vodka infused which they tampons then insert. Yeah, which I've heard actually happens. And, well, the, well, the genesis of the idea was we were sitting doing the shot in his kitchen, and I'm like, it's just too, it's just too on the nose to have him eating hamburgers, or what right. is he doing at this table? And then so He's I just using tampons. So I went on to spiking. Them. I jumped on my phone and I went on to like uh, a you know like MSN.com and I read this article about how there's this epidemic of girls getting um, alcohol poisoning by putting too much vodka. Uh, in themselves because they're you know if you go a breathalyzer the the alcohol does not show up in the breathalyzer so they go to football games and such and they're trashed but it doesn't show except for a blood test and i was like that's it jesus he really, makes he's the guy he makes vodka infused tampons and sells them and that was and it was kind of funny it kind of worked kind of funny i can't yeah. sometimes shit's so funny i can't laugh yeah and i'm, I'm sitting here like <laughs> yeah. when my jaw dropped yeah like i can't even i can't even believe that so, yeah, the Fallen Superheroes um, was one major project that I had done, um, and it you know this like the lighting style also translates into my everyday work that I do. Right. So, so and here we oh, there's Ponce in the background. Yeah, the Ponce Scott, man. There's Scott Lang. They're dead in my backyard. Oh, is that those are his feet? Yeah. So uh, yeah, I've noticed you've kind of started to venture into some celebrity photography lately in the last. Oh, there's Ponce. There's yeah, the celebrity stuff that I do. Who, I mean, who have you done so far? Just off the top of your head. Well, I did. Um, I did the fast and f- some some. So I like doing key art. It's called key art. It's like poster art for uh, TV shows, movies, also for theme park rides for Universal. Um, it's basically you shoot um, a whole bunch of elements and then it's composited into a poster. Most TV show, movie posters that you see, you see a celebrity pointing a gun and acting cool, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, but by and large, it's probably a body double, and they just do a head strip uh, okay. of an actor, and they just put on a celebrity's head. Really? Onto, That's pretty common? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would say it's very common. Really? Probably 80% of the time when you see a movie poster, it's not really their body. It's a body double. They never even take the and time. And they do, do a head it. strip yeah. on, yeah. So I've been doing that. I did, um, for example, I did the Fast and, the Fast and Furious. I shot, like, The Rock and Vin Diesel. Oh, yeah, um, Vin Diesel. Uh, oh, okay. Michelle Rodriguez, uh, um, like Tyrese, uh, I've shot, um, I don't know, various rock stars I shot, uh, like one of the funniest ones is, um, is, uh, 
all of a sudden. Hang on a sec. Have you had people? Uh, so I shot Carmelo Anthony for the NBA All Star break. Oh, yeah. Uh, Martin Sheen, which was awesome to photograph. Yeah, because, I saw that somewhere. How did that happen? Um, it was for a. Um, Here's the rock. It was for a charity for a, um, a a a veterans charity. Oh yeah, there he is. Okay. Oh. Okay. Um, and I just I always kind of liked him, and it was kind of a uh, like a really good get for me to photograph him. My favorite celebrity portrait ever, though, is I photographed David Lynch. Oh my god! Um, I don't think I've seen that. That's you and, are perfect. Holy shit! That's amazing. And I love David Lynch. Always have respected him in every way. And <clears throat> I kind of got to know him a little bit. And he ended up uh, inviting me over to his house a couple times. Um, with cigarettes. Literally, I mean, I don't, I don't smoke cigarettes just because I hate them. I'm not a prude, but uh, but yeah, I had coffee cigarettes. I, I actually have a light that he saw and liked and he borrows it from time to time. It kind of does lightning strikes. It kind of gives the effect that lightning shooting through the window. Dude, I, I, I'm, that's amazing. This, I, so I mean, we li- living in this basically town. when he would say he would have his assistant call and say, uh, ask if I, if he could rent my, like it was called the 1600 pack. I said, you're damn right. I can. He goes, well, he'll give you money. I'm like, no. And he's like, I'll send a PA over to get like, no, I'm in the neighborhood. I'll, I'll drop it off. <laughs> yeah. Cause I want to hang with David Lynch. Sure, I love David Lynch. And he's just, uh, he was, you know, like an incredible dude. And he, um, one thing I like about David Lynch being, just being around him is that he says hi to everyone and knows everyone's name. There could be a janitor emptying trashes on the soundstage. Knows them, knows their family, goes up and talks to them. He's and equally it's real. impressed. It's not a if, yeah, forced yeah. modesty. Yeah, or something. he's equally impressed uh, with the PA as he is an executive coming. He probably likes the PA more. Actually, you know, it just seems that way. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting. Is like a couple of my favorite movies in my top ten of all time. Up to the thanks. Yeah. He just reminded me to keep the mic up. Uh, are a couple of his, but they're not. The typical Lynchian movies. It's the straight story and oh, the straight the story. Man. Yeah, like the guy on the uh, on the lawnmower, right? Yeah, yeah. That's a very I weird. I saw that movie a long time ago. I love that movie. It's yeah, so a lot of people hate that though. movie, it's, but I, I, I don't. It's it's I, it's one of my favorite movies. Yeah, yeah. As is actually the Elephant Man. Yeah, but the Elephant, uh, yeah. yeah, but those aren't really the ones that you think of when you think of David Lynch. You know, people get in. You know, you just think of the weird midgets and dream sequences. Yeah, you think and of shit. Mulholland Drive, right? And, exactly. Yeah. But uh, that's you know, I was gonna say you know living in this town and, and doing what we do or we do, you, you meet a lot of people that, you know, familiar faces or you at least see them. You run them. Yeah. David Lynch is one guy that I think I'd be a little bit starstruck by, you know, and maybe not starstruck, but just like, cause it just like I have so much, I'm kind of, I'm so fascinated by him, you know? I mean, absolutely. He's definitely, there's a, there's a couple of people that I've actually seen in real life and, and have gotten star fucked over. Yeah. Like sometimes, you know, like you don't really care or whatever, but yeah, I, I did that one time with Dr. Dre. I saw him and, and I got star fucked, but <laughs> David Lynch, oddly enough, oddly enough, he has a calming kindness to him where you don't feel he doesn't roll with an entourage and right. he's just, he's just a, he's just a dude who's like really smart and a great filmmaker, but he's not, he doesn't have that nervousness like with him right to create that it's sort very of disarming you know there's some celebrities that have entourages and yeah you know, this and that act weird whatever yeah, yeah. He, i don't feel like he has that you know like when i first when, like the day that i did this shot uh he goes hey eric you know, with that voice eric fucking hey drink starbucks all day wears the same outfit by the way it's every like single a, white day. collar shirt and a black jacket. not the same exact shirt but he has rows of them in his, in yeah. his 
And he's like, fucking A, Eric. Um, I just got a new car. You want to check it out? And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, like, probably some nice Mercedes, right. maybe a Bentley. Right. And I go outside, and it's one of those uh, Scion XB minivans. <laughs> Are you fucking yeah, kidding I'm me? Serious. And he's like, I fucking love it. It's just amazing. And like, show me the features of this, like, of this, like $19,000 Scion. <laughs> You know, and he, and that's how he rolls. That's man. amazing. That's what, yeah. <laughs> so, that's super cool. Yeah, that has to be a highlight moment right there. And then we discussed. I don't think we were recording. We, we just talked for a couple minutes before we started. But we have another mutual friend who is also on the show, Doug Jones. Love Doug Jones. Who you can't have to love Doug Jones. Yeah. He might be the nicest who? guy on the planet. He it might be that it might be him. I've never met anyone who's like I don't really like Doug Jones. Yeah. You can't, it's not possible. Yeah. Yeah, he's the sweetest guy on the planet and Earth, I think. And him too, like David Lynch, it's not fake. No, no. Yeah. See, I I know him because we met on once again, Scott Allen Perry. It's inevitable he has to do this fucking show now. We've talked about him too much. The totally. mystery, the mystery's like Kaiser Soze or something. Totally. So he did a short film with uh that I was in that uh Doug was in. He wanted to put Doug had done some work, but he wasn't Famous pans labyrinth rocky, and all this stuff. At that yeah, point, he he'd been like huge. a Rocky and Bullwing. Yeah, a couple things, but, but nobody really knew him. Yeah, yet. and um, so Scott wanted him in something as himself, you know, without a ton of latex on his face and shit. So we met there, and you know, like you said, you have to like Dove Jones. So we we became pretty good buddies, and his film was good, and went on to uh, like all these festivals. We went to Palm Springs together, and everything. side effects. Yeah. yeah, side effects. I'll put I'll post that up again. Um. So I'm saying this because I knew him, I knew Doug before he has become like basically the new Lon Chaney, the new, everybody knows the, who this guy, the most famous guy who you might not recognize in the world is probably Doug Jones. Yeah. It's come to the point with Doug Jones that I can't even keep up with the blockbuster films and TV shows that he does. It's just, it's a barrage, right? I can't even right? keep up at this yeah. point. Yeah. 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 So, um, but he's exactly the same now as he was then and sweet as can be. And so... Talk about him because you did, um, and I think that might be my first exposure to you and your work was the mind book, I think. I don't remember which one was first, that or the superhero one. Oh, the was mind it, book was the first book we did, though. That was the first. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that was my first, and I haven't actually, I've seen some of them, some of the shots, but I haven't seen the whole book, but that's how that's how I was kind of exposed to you. And uh, so is it's all Doug Jones as, as a mime in that book? Yeah, this book uh, was done literally, I forget if it was two or two and a half days. We shot 87 different lighting setups, like granted all on a st- all in a studio. Mm-hmm. But it is Doug Jones playing all these different uh, characters from Michael Jackson to Muhammad Ali uh, to Gandhi. To, I mean, I don't even know if he's in Gandhi, you know, Gandhi actually, but it's just like the guy can transform into all these characters. And then there's a little story and it has something to do with the word mime in it. Cause he was a mime. Doug Jones got his start. Yeah. In as college a mime. Yeah. He would uh, work on the side as a mime. And then that's kind of how he parlayed himself into this sort of character actor where he can be an alien and be slinky and slimy yeah. and crawl and whatever. Um, and so it was all him sort of, in mime face, uh, playing all these different characters that also were funny. He does all those characters in mime face. In mime face, but then different wardrobes. And wow, stuff. that's yeah. see, I didn't know that's what it was. I mean, some of it was very uh, 
distasteful. So Doug Jones <laughs> in a mime face with a Hitler mustache doing the Hitler salute, and it's mime comp. Well, you know? come on, but it, it is. You, know, if you don't have a sense of humor. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. I know. <laughs> but yeah, some I, people, I, you know, yeah. Obviously, you did it, so you know, you it's, yeah. I mean, holy we, shit, we did a tongue in cheek, Malcolm McDonald. Yeah, I just noticed. Yeah, Malcolm McDonald. That's crazy. Awesome. That's crazy. I'm, I'm sorry, but go ahead. No, so uh, we developed a friendship from that, and just Doug Jones is just. Uh, you know, over the years, we you know we don't hang out that much, but we well, he's well, a busy we do, guy. But when we do, it's a big hug and such because he's yeah. so much, so much yeah. love for that guy. I, it felt so good to, and you know maybe you can listen to one. I think it's going to be out next week. So, but anyway, it's whatever. Whoever's listening, the, the order doesn't matter. But we caught up. Like he wanted to talk and catch up first, but we just did it on the mic. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a he's a. Honestly, you guys, he's such a sweet guy. And I think it's, I think it was a really sweet talk just because, you know, he's just all love, man. This guy's, he's the best. He's the best. And I couldn't be happier that someone like him has got that much success. And he also, you know, like you would never know it. He lives in a suburban home uh, in Santa Clarita. And I don't know what car he's driving now, but as of a a little while ago, he was driving like a a 1992 (laughs) V6 Mustang that was beat up and ugly. (laughs) And him and his wife collect, um, like, angel trinkets. Uh-huh. So the house is laced with those sort of, like, hallmark angel trinkets yeah, kind of Yeah, he's thing. got, like, the kind of house that might you might have, like, one of those, like, sterling silver spoon collections or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> you know I mean? And, like, a set of encyclopedias because they were too right? nice to the exactly. guy at the door. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so we actually shot his character, uh, by and large, inside the house of his house. And his character, uh, Healing Feet. Angel was derived from the fact that he just loves, he has so many angels. So we, um, okay. that's how the character for Doug Jones for Fallen Superheroes came to be. So I'm obviously going to put links up, you know, Amazon links or whatever to, your, to these books because seriously, people need to buy these books. These are really, really, really good. Really, totally. really cool. Right. And, and unique. Them. No, it's okay. Yeah. They yeah. are, man. They fucking are. And I'm saying this, we just mentioned Malcolm McDowell. You, you shot Malcolm McDowell. Yeah. Which that's, that's huge. I've always loved Malcolm McDowell, and I really loved him in Entourage. <laughs> as, the, as sort of the cocksucker power so, agent that was... By the way, yeah, say this is because I'm sure uh, a lot of millennials out there, I don't know if you know what Clockwork Orange is. If you don't, please look it up. But he's the main guy in that movie, so that's Malcolm McDowell. Uh, yeah, plus he's had you know he's had an illustrious you know like career through As time. As a cocksucker such. agent. And yeah, but he's just he, he has a look on his face that's just... Just timeless and cinematic, and um, it looks like he may have taken a big bite of shit. <laughs> yeah, totally <laughs> love him. Uh, Whoa, Danny, Danny Glover. Glover! But Larry Flint, wow. photograph Larry I've seen Flint. That one, yeah. Um, Larry Flint was a hoot. How did that happen? Oddly enough, there was an ad agency that hired me to photograph. Uh, he has the Hustler Casino. Mm-hmm. He's got a couple of them. He's got one in Vegas, and he has that one that's sort of like in the South Bay. Uh huh. And they. So I shot some of their advertising of just people laughing and winning, you know. Okay. Uh, you know, <laughs> you know that heads rock back. But they're but but they said we don't have a uh, a photo um, of of Larry Flint smiling, and we looking want, at like, the camera, a and Richard Avedon court sort of style, <laughs> looking at him like looking at the camera and smiling. Uh-huh. And so they're like, we need to do a, a special shoot in his office because he won't go anywhere else he won't travel or whatever yeah I want to go to his office are you kidding me that place on Wilshire and yeah yeah the Flint building yeah Yeah, the Flint building and um and we just need a portrait of him actually smiling and that was very difficult and um 
he's looking off a lot or not smiling. So he he what they wanted it, but he wasn't on board with that. And and my uh, the makeup artist that I hired, this girl Haley, who's hilarious, told him a joke, very uh, off color joke uh, about anal sex, and he laughed. <laughs> And for three frames, we got him smiling at the camera, so it totally Quickly. worked. You got yeah. it. That's a that, and that is a Larry Flint smile right there. Well, this is not the smiling <laughs> shot. I actually didn't like. If you notice, <laughs> you much, no one no one smiles on my website. Yeah. I don't like photos where people are smiling. For, yeah, for my own personal work. Yeah. So he didn't really say. You know, when he's talking, you don't know if he's talking to you or he's talking to his bodyguard because he's not really addressing you specifically and he kind of his eyes are wandering so huh. the whole time he's talking you don't you're like oh no and, and even if you do answer the question he doesn't acknowledge that you've answered the question wow. so you're not certain if he has understood what you're doing um, um so anyway we're there's a weird awkward silence mm-hmm. um we didn't take into account that he's in a wheelchair so we laid out a seamless backdrop paper on the carpet, so he's crinkling and tearing the paper up, which is awkward and embarrassing. <laughs> and there's these odd silences where he kept wanting us to like go in the other room for some privacy and such. And so we go in, we come back out, and we're starting to photograph him. And out of nowhere, he goes, "I have a joke. I have a fucking joke." And we're like, okay. "Was this after the uh, butt sex?" Joke? Yeah, this after the butt sex joke. Okay. They were, there, there was a couple more shots with like him and his wife and such, okay. and. Um, we're like, what's the joke? And he goes, what do nine out of 10 people enjoy? And we're like, what? And he goes, gang rape. Ha, 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 ha. And, and I was like, ah. And I didn't, and wow. I didn't, and I didn't know what to laugh or what, but. That is amazing. That was, that was the icing on the cake of that shoot for sure. Holy shit. Only, it's only funny that he said that. <laughs> I should, you you can omit that from um, no is that you, Bourdain or yeah. it is you can uh, omit that from um, nothing oh, nothing is omitted. yeah yeah I'm I don't a, know I'm if a it fan was... of uh, Anthony Bourdain but I like his uh, where's still, Perry I like his show oh yeah <laughs> Tommy Lee um, which was funny shoot fun shoot oh yeah I bet that was kind of crazy but there's a portrait I did just real quick of uh, my favorite portrait ever is. Scott Allen Perry. I know we talk about Scott Allen Perry. We have to post photos yeah. and show this. This is a photo that I insist that you put on the uh, on the blog. <laughs> Scott and Scott Perry and wow, Leah's. It's a seventies um, Vanity Fair cover. It's a portrait of him and his wife uh, for their uh, their engagement announcement. All uh, right. So I'm asking. I'm going to ask you to send like I don't know six to eight shots of your choice. Mm-hmm. This obviously has to be one of them. I can't begin to describe this to you guys other than like. Uh, uh, maybe it's <laughs> maybe it's a bare-chested uh, Perry uh, with like flowing locks and a nice 1981 porn mustache, and his and, and his lovely wife mm-hmm. with a Revlon. But the look on his face is so sin- is so sincere. Oh yeah, it's, Even, it looks. He, he's looking right into your soul. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway. <laughs> There's not much to talk about until you see it. Visually. Yeah, you yeah, just. Yeah, yeah. I, I, but anyway, it's one of my favorite words portraits. Fail to... I had it printed large. It's in my house, <laughs> as um, you should. You should have that uh, in your bedroom, <laughs> staring at me at all. <laughs> yeah, time. maybe on the ceiling. Totally. <laughs> uh, it's amazing. What do you what What do you got cooking now, man? 
You know, you seem I like just, you're pretty busy. With I all just, this. I, I want to march on a lot with my own personal work on days off. I just did a, just because, you know, you can't be stale. You can't die on the vine if a, uh, an ad agency, uh, like an art director from an agency or whoever looks at your website and you have the same work up. What is it that you, you know, want to do? You know, I did, well, I like, you know, for a living, I like doing advertising mm-hmm. um, more than anything else. Mm-hmm. A, people hate advertising for the most part, but I feel like it's a good venue to be creative, uh-huh. uh, even though, so, you know, like I just, like I shot the Muppets, which was really cool. <laughs> and, That's cool. Um, but I feel like you can be creative with advertising. I watch TV commercials and I look at print ad work all the time, posters. Uh, magazines and f- see a lot of creative work. There's a, there's shit a lot out there. and there's a lot of non-creative and, work as well. Yeah. But it's it's interesting because like you can you can find it in um like design or ad magazines or uh or websites that uh feature, you know, the best ads, but they're not often usually the ones that are really actually run that much. Yeah. You know, there's, like there's it's, a certain there, amount of there's a lot of playing involved. safe out there. Yeah. There's a exactly. lot of nervousness involved. At least ad, in this country. Where the yeah, where the ad agency and the client starts to think about the bottom line, they start to freak out about someone who's more up from them thinking that that it it, it might be too risque or yeah. too dark or offen- the, like the whole offend thing is just outrageous what you can't Well, it's you know. completely and and yeah. it's ironic because these are like these are like usually the award-winning ones that don't really get the play. Yeah, uh, there's like a <laughs> there's lot ones of, for the real, and then there's ones for the market. I shoot a lot of. Uh, I don't really post anywhere. No one really knows. I shoot like casino advertising, and I also shoot a lot of toy commercials. More specifically, like for Mattel, like the the WWE ones, where it's like the action figures, like the Robin <laughs> Wranglers, and they have, you know, uh, all of the action figure, the male action figures, right? And so. I, like I never am called for like a bar, you know, a Barbie or a girl thing because that's a different genre of lighting. Mm-hmm. But they say the same thing to me every time. They're like, "We went on your website. We went on your sometime, you know, and we want it to look like." And they'll have a reference. We want it to be dark and moody. We want a lot of colored backlights. We want it to be like, you know, your ringside at a '70s WWE uh-huh. or back then WWF. Right. And then Guys you get there and you do it, and they're like. Um, like in a, we, we need it to be brighter. You right. know, it's always, and it's right. the same thing. Yeah. Then you just like open the lights up, make it, make it flat and bright because homogenized and just because that's what, you yeah. know, that's a, what has guaranteed to sell. And they're afraid that, I don't know, some, some little, fl- uh, snowflake kid might find it offensive. Yeah. It's scary or it's dark or, you know, so that's too bad, but you can continue to do, well, like you were just saying, you, you wanted to do stuff on your own. Right, like in your off time or whatever. Yeah, well, I love doing right? my personal work, what, 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 which like which generates be? new work for the for, uh, for advertising. Like I just did something in my backyard the other day for uh, think I mean for Thanksgiving for Valentine's Day. No one's seen it before till oh, tomorrow, but oh, wow. um, it's just like you can create uh, so surreal, sort of fun and sad. There's a girl who's you know probably you consider thin adjacent staring off with a thing of of balloon like uh, a valentine balloons and she's been rejected or something yeah um with garish makeup and it's not necessarily like a uh, i love you it's more of a vague to the story but you basically don't know what's happening but it's not good no and what's it's happened very, to her it's very alienating and, and uh in the in the background very lonely 
kind of has like this existential loneliness, you know, in the background. Yeah, yeah. And you yeah. get a lot of that in your stuff, actually, which I love. Actually, the, are do you are you a fan of the Coen Brothers at all? I so love. Good. I mean, are you kidding me? I love the Coen Brothers. Yeah. I have love, they informed? Love, love. Do you think they've informed you a little bit? Absolutely. Yeah, I feel Absolutely. like I see some of that there. I am Absolutely. too. I'm a huge. The cinematographer huge fan. Roger Deakins, who oh, does yeah, the majority fuck. of their work, it's just like. Well, he's, everything is just he's luscious. He's a god among men. Though. Yeah, luscious, luscious. Like No Country for Old Men is just that is my a, favorite movie. It's a it's a it's a Bible. It's my favorite movie. Because uh, it's like his cinematography on that movie doesn't really stand out. It just tells the story so well. It's this luscious lighting, and it's like it's almost like the lighting you can smell. You know, if you see some some light, and you're like, I can almost see what it smells like in the room. Yeah, it's fucking. I'm a huge fan. And I like how yeah. dark how dark they go. They go Absolutely, dark, you know. Me too. Me too. I remember. As do you. Yeah, my mom. Uh, my mom's from New Mexico. I'm from New Mexico, and she still lives in New Mexico. And um, she's actually on the film. She was on the film commission in New Mexico and such. And so I was like, Mom, you got to see this movie. Um, that you know that the film commission was a part of you know to shoot the movie they shot it in and around Albuquerque and also in Santa Fe and the surrounding areas but it was shot in Albuquerque like some, no country yeah oh, okay I, did, I didn't know that I thought you know, it was in Texas or something well it was so. set in El Paso area yeah. but it was actually shot in Albuquerque okay. so I grew up in Albuquerque so when I'm watching the movie I'm like oh my god there's the Tradewind <laughs> Motel or I used to party on that street or whatever <laughs> and um but even though it was set in El Paso yeah. and my mom watched the movie and got out of the movie and she was like legitimately mad she goes god damn it Eric <laughs> why did you have me watch that movie? Like it had haunted her to the core. She's like, yeah, that man was so mean to people. <laughs> and I'm like, it was, that is, yeah. it was a very scary movie. When I saw it in the theater, it really, really got to yeah, me. It, yeah. It you was, know, yeah, it it's... really, really got to me. And, uh, I think it's, you know, whatever. My, I think it's flawless. I actually yeah. think it's a flawless movie. I like so, how, you know, I'll, like, I'll go that far with it. Like the opening scene where, uh, where he, um, I'm spacing his name all of a sudden out of nowhere. Um, Chigurh? Yeah, yeah, chokes out... Uh, the de- deputy he, or whatever? chokes out the deputy. Like, most filmmakers wouldn't hold on a wide shot to watch the entire death happen and the sort of sadness and, the, and him struggling and yeah. choking and dying. Yeah. It was like a very... It was very impactful. Yeah, oh yeah. Absolutely, yeah. No, I'm, I'm I'm with you on that. I'm a huge fan. And then at the end of the movie, just to finish the book ended, I was watching, there's a scene, uh, Tommy Lee is in, in the, like in that kitchen area talking, like the last shot right. of the movie. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's... Talking about the dream. He's talking about the dream and, and such. And I'm looking at, out the window and I was technically thinking about how they did the shot. I'm like, did they put uh, neutral, like this kind of filter on the window and what kind of lights coming through? And then the movie ended. Yeah. And the movie ended so abruptly, but I kind of like that. It wasn't I like, I loved it. I loved it. Like the ending was abrupt. Yeah. And the, and it was on a note that was very, I mean, very existential. Like a lot of their movies are and unresolved. De- yeah. 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 I fucking love it, dude. That's a whole different thing that we can talk about. Yeah, we can talk. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but no, I'm glad we did though, because I, I mean, that's that's literally my favorite movie. And, and yeah, there's a lot of movies that influence my uh, my still photography style. Can you um, so, Coen Brothers are there for sure. For sure. I mean, I'm, I love almost everything that they do, and also the movie Drive. Yeah. yeah. Gorgeous. I just Gorgeous. that too. It was like. Um, like it is light that wouldn't exist in, uh, in any world. Not in reality. And, and it was, and, and like but it's reality. I want to be. And in. they didn't care. You know, they just had uh, a magenta 
ba- you know, window light coming through and backlighting them for no reason. There wasn't a justification. There wasn't a motivation for the light. Um, and, and, but it just, it just made the movie look good. There was a lot of Gorgeous. backlights that just didn't make sense. There's like most movies, when you watch a movie, there's a backlight, but you're kind of, you're like, okay, cause there's a street light. It's something. interesting that you say that. Cause like for me, it, it's, <clears throat> yeah, it's a reality that does, that isn't real, but I, you know, I, I love being in it watching it, but there's a feeling that it creates. That's very specific to Los Angeles. I think mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that isn't necessarily how it really looks but there's it's about that seedy underworld of la which there is a large one in yeah. MacArthur park and whatever and yeah and and uh it, 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 I, if that look being you know having a surreal quality or whatever you want to call it it really it made me feel that that seediness that you, is it real puts here. you in a it puts you, you know? in that world for yeah sure. that dark yeah. underworld of that, that la has a huge one and people don't think of Usually they think of you know that whole Hollywood. They thing think of palm trees. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah. most of LA is more kind of like that. Like when you go to MacArthur Park, that's <laughs> right. like that's real. Yeah, LA you can right step on a needle or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the other just a uh, I don't know how much more time we have, and and I gotta wrap it up. Uh, yeah, we short. should wrap it up. We should wrap it up pretty soon. Uh, but um, I'm from New Mexico, but my favorite show is Breaking Bad, and it's not just because I'm from there, <laughs> but. Um, as that show started to progress and get, I you know what I would consider to have more and more budget, you know each season they just you know uh, the cinematography in Breaking Bad is just just amazing in my book. Uh, Michael Slovis, who's the cinematographer for the large majority, I was going to say it's the same guy. Or? Well, he was it for like let's call it eighty percent. I don't even know the okay. exact stats, but then like towards in there he started um, he started directing a lot of them okay. and. Um, but his cinematography style just kept kept marching on, and I just love like the way that uh, Skyler um, and Walter's house look. Just it was just like he they would just stand with their face in total silhouette, but have a crushing top light blaring the top of their head. Yeah, and, and uh, you know uh, CBS, ABC, and NBC would never be so ballsy as to go that dark. Yeah, that uh, obscure with the lighting and just how you know the, like the lighting. Uh, and that show gives me a lot of ideas for my still photography. So we're going to start wrapping it up. And, and on that note, well, a couple things. You said you're going to do some personal stuff. I wanted you to mention, um, you know, by name, your books and stuff and where to find them, of course, before we go. But then also if you had anything else specific that you're that's coming up or anything that you want to talk about. Uh, most of the... Of the um the uh, stuff I have coming up uh, uh, that, that's professional work is is literally like uh, something kind of boring. Um, I shoot. It's not. It's not even really worth. But like well, the, the Hewlett Packard. Maybe you want to yeah. do then. Maybe that's not even concrete. So I have I have some boring advertising work coming up because sometimes I get really psyched with advertising work like the Fast and Furious. Yeah. I did the the Harry Potter uh, ride advertising and that let me go crazy and dark. Um, I did the Grinchmas advertising also can get a little weird, <laughs> but some of the stuff I'm just not that excited about. But in a per- on my personal um, work, I'm really into creating. I want to do uh, sort of uh, scenarios where uh, it's up to the viewer to decide what's happening. Interesting. And nothing um, is explained. Uh, like you don't know uh, why they're there and what's happened and why that person's looking at this person and why is that person on the ground? So that sort of thing. Maybe a little more noirish and a little less comedic. Or? Yeah. Uh, there's a, um, 
photographer named Gregory Crutzen. I was just thinking of that, but I wasn't going to say it. You know, every person has idols and everyone, um, their work is influenced by certain people. And then by the time they do it, it's totally different. Like me and Gregory Crewson's work looks a lot different, but his circumstances and well, scenarios. What you just are, described. Yeah. That's and what made I me love that of. element yeah. where you can turn a page of one of his photos and everyone would have a different guess to what's happening. Yeah. And I could look at it for an hour. And just his, like he's, yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he's incredible. Yeah. But like, I, you know, the photo, if you go to Eric Curtis photo.com and go to uh, environmental portrait page the the first photo is um, of the aftermath of a murder and there's uh, five people six people in the shot one dead uh, and you just you you're you're left wondering why and and like what was the circumstances that led up to it yeah uh, and it's just entitled the it's family nice story and so you can make up your own story and I, and I like being unresolved with it yeah I love that it's so, one of my favorite things about a lot of movies in the '70s, for example. Yeah, but uh, that's just sort of an ambiguous story. That's amazing. And so, you know, I'm going to march on with that, but I also try and showcase my lighting because, even though it's my personal work, then it also I try and get uh, professional jobs to keep the lights on uh, from the new work, and so it's not it's in the style in which I want to keep working professionally. If that makes so, sense. So, um, yeah, it does, and so. Maybe the best way to, to follow you and keep track of you would be your Instagram, I'm, I'm assuming, yeah? Yeah, I've really started to try and do the Instagram more. Um, I, I actually have a... I, I, I hired a person that sounds like a sellout who's really good at at, at doing the Instagram. Oh, okay. And, um, and she's helped boost it because I'm just not good at coming up with cheesy captions. I just can't do it. I have right. a hard time saying stuff about my own work. <laughs> What's and she's the right really hashtag? The hashtag <laughs> researching the newest hashtags and all that shit. So, um, What's the handle? Eric Curtis? It's just Eric Curtis photo is the Instagram handle. So make sure to go to that. So it's E-R-I-C-C-U-R-T-I-S-P-H-O-T-O. Go um, there. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thank really you. good talking to it, you. It was a good talk. And, uh, I can't wait to see your new shit. So we'll be in touch. Yeah, and I want to hear uh, one with Scott Allen Perry. I hope, Scott, this is the second call out. <laughs> you got a show, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe even the three of us at some point, we can do it. Good idea there. All right, and whiskey. Yeah, indeed. All right. All right. Thanks, man. All right, thank you, man. Bye now. Bye-bye. So that was Eric Curtis, you guys. Make sure to go to triumphanddisasterblog.com so you can check out all his uh, his links. Definitely follow him on Instagram. It's amazing stuff. He's on ericcurtisphoto.com. So all the links will be there at triumphanddisasterblog.com. And as always, if you like the show, it'd be really helpful if you just took a second to uh, just leave a review on iTunes. Just helps uh, Apple to promote the show. And um, at triumphanddisasterblog.com, in every blog post, you'll see a PayPal button. Do this on my own dime. So if you can uh, leave something there, I will be more than happy to give you credit on the next show. Just call your name out. Unless you want it to be anonymous, let me know. A review or a donation just really helps keep the show going, and I want to give you guys credit. So thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Triumph of Disaster.